Life is better when you are living on purpose, but many. Welcome back. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Uncommon Faith. It's your girl, the Flower Bee, and I am super excited. It's an amazing day. It's Juneteenth. We're going to have some amazing celebrations on today here in Texas, y'all, or all across the country. Let me let me stop myself. This is a, a freaking federal holiday right now, so we're going to turn all the way up, um, you know, just in remembrance and celebration and things. But I'm going to be rocking it out with a special guest on today. Shout out to my girl, Regina B. She's out of town right now. We miss her. We love her. But she's going to be back next week, y'all. Um, but today, let me go ahead and introduce my special guest. Some of y'all know him. Some of y'all don't. So it's going to be a reintroduction and a formal introduction for my guest. He is a father because it's Father's Day weekend. So shout out to all the fathers out there. We thank you guys for everything that you do, right? Um, but this, he's my favorite guy. That's what I call him. My favorite guy, Mr. Fantasmo. Um, he's, like I said, he's a father. He's an amazing husband, awesome son, friend, all of those things. An amazing man of God. So, Mr. Bowie, welcome to the show. What's going on? What's going on? Thank you for having me. And man, they treat you good. I got to come back on here. They got <laughs> Japanese plum wine. This stuff tastes great. Good morning. Good morning. Good mo- I'm sorry. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Instead of a nightcap, you got a morning cap. Yes, to the yes. Show. That's how we do it on the radio. Whatever you want, whatever you need, we got you. We got you. But I'm so excited. I'm honored to have you on the show, you know, being my other half, my better half. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really appreciate you. And, you know, it's all about oh, fathers this weekend. It's all about freedom and just uh, celebration. So here on Uncommon Faith, we, um, you know, we have a couple of different segments. We're going to talk about, you know, some of your learn a little bit more about you. We're going to have the segment, um, you know, I know God is real. So we want to hear one of your testimonies, Mr. Bowie. And then lastly, we're going to wrap up the show. Instead of a sister check today, we're going to have a brother check, y'all. All right, all right. We're going to have a brother check. Okay. So, Mr. Bowie, if you just want to take a moment to introduce yourself to our Uncommon Faith family. How y'all doing? Um, my name is Marcus Bowie. Um, I'm a father of many. <laughs> have uh, eight lovely kids. Uh, I'm married. My wife is LaFlower. Um Let's see. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I have lived in Dallas. Um, you know, um, <laughs> put me on the spot, but um, I'm just I'm just looking forward to this weekend. You know, I got my all black on. Um, this is to me like Black Weekend. Uh, it's Father's Day, Juneteenth, National Holiday. This is this is phenomenal. This is something that you know we deserve. Um, it's, you know, it's just, I'm speechless right now. What's going on right now with the nation. Right. Right. And, you know, I know that we here in Texas, you mm-hmm. know, we have 
it's always been a celebration, right? It's sure. always been, you know, the stories that we've heard. It's always been a part of who we are. Um, I remember you used to tell me, you used to take off work. Like, I Man, I work. took it off. It was my, it was, I, I always thought it should have been a black, black people's holiday, period. Uh, we don't need to be at work. We need to be barbecuing in the streets, uh, listening to music, doing our thing. But, but yeah, I took it off. I didn't care what my boss said, what was going on. I was like, hey, Juneteenth, you might as well get ready. I'm calling in. Oh, you didn't take off. You're like, I'm calling. <laughs> oh, I either called in. I told him like, hey, uh, I'm just letting you know. When you know they put out the schedule before of your your days off, Juneteenth right. was automatic. And yeah, I need that day. I need that day, I sir. Need that day, awesome, awesome. Mm -hmm. So, what do you remember? I'm curious to know. Um, before we transition into our first segment, what do you remember about Juneteenth growing up? Um, you know, with your family as a little boy, or with your grandparents. You know, just did you really understand, you know, the significance of it? Um, yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> and to be honest, you know, and I think that's a lot with our community. We don't know the significance of and the importance of. Uh, I know growing up, it wasn't really talked about as much. Of course, Black History Month, and we just got one month to jam pack everything our people have done into right. one month. And that is totally injustice and unfair to mm -hmm. our people. So, but the Juneteenth thing, uh, what I learned today, and I know I'm going to sound like really horrible, that uh, my mother-in-law, who's a wealth of knowledge, told me that actually that was in January when this happened. Right. And we didn't get the notification until June. Yeah. So, um, like I said, there's a lot of things factually that a lot of us don't know in our own community. And we need to take the time to do our own diligent research. But as far as my family... I hate to say it, it really wasn't celebrated or talked about as much. Um, I know for you guys, y'all had fairs and functions and all type of stuff. Yeah, like it was a huge celebration. But for some, it wasn't celebrated like it should be. But and I, I know now that it's a national thing and this is something that everybody's talking about. Moving forward, it's going to be celebrated. It's going to be talked about. It's going to go into the history books. And so they can't deny it. They can't say it ain't happened. No, it's happening. Right, right. I mean, I think you speak for a lot of a lot of people, and you guys let us know in the comments if you know. Have you were you previously celebrating Juneteenth um, prior to this year or prior to last year? Um, was it something major for you coming up? Um, and you know, for me, I know we did it when I was younger, and I think there's been some years. You know, that even I've slipped, you know, because of mm -hmm. work, dealing with just dealing with life. You yeah, know, life like, happens. I'm going to work and get this, you know, and things and we don't take the time. But I think that we do our ancestors an injustice and we For do sure. our the future generations an injustice when we don't pause, remember, celebrate and then pass on the knowledge. Um, you know, we were sitting and talking with um, with my mother this morning and the stories and the the wisdom that our, our parents and grandparents have we need to need days like today to just pause and remember and have them recall some of the things that they've gone through Man, so that, that that rich history can be passed down yes. because our history um is our history and a lot of our history is passed down from storytelling Right. Of course. From, um, you know, being around those elders and things like that. And that's exactly what we did mm -hmm. on today. Um, but I think it's it's so important, guys. I, I hope that um, we own this. 
that we own it and that we embrace it um, mm-hmm. because it's necessary. It's mm-hmm. necessary. We got to remember where we came from in order to be catapulted into where we're going. Right. We can mm-hmm. never forget, you know, um, when that general landed in Galveston and uh, and, you know, I would I don't know, just a, a quick history lesson. Um, a lot of us think that watch night is tied to just our Christian faith, right? Mm -hmm. But watch night was actually tied to the um, January 1st, 1863, Mm -hmm. when when the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. Mm -hmm. And so that was watch night. They were watching for their freedom. They were watching, waiting until Hmm. that that next day. That's where watch night came from. Watch night wasn't us waiting, you know, for the rapture. Watch night was us waiting on our freedom. And so that's where the, um, you know, and then that's how the two and a half years came to Mm -hmm. um, June 1865 when the news first got to Texas. Right. right? So Mm -hmm. for some of y'all, for some of my saints out there, if you ain't going to watch night on December 31st, don't let nobody make you feel guilty because it wasn't for us watching for the new year to come in. It was for the slaves watching and waiting mm. for that day of freedom to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Be free and enjoy. But Mr. Bowie, as these we are go, facts, facts, I love facts, it. Guys. Cause I used to feel, you know, um, I used to be made, I used to feel bad if I wasn't in church, hmm. um, you know, December 31st, Right. you know, if I'm at home or if I want to spend it with family, uh, you know, if I'm not in church, I was, mm-hmm. I, I was made to feel guilty. And I'm like, you know what? Let me do my own research. There you go. There it is. My, and I was like, are you, I'm like, cause I knew that, that everything happened in 1863, but I, I didn't realize that the date, the effective date was January 1st, 1863. There you go. And mm-hmm. that's, I'm like, that has nothing to do with my faith in crossing over into the new year. Mm. Nothing at all. Right? right. But the traditions that we talked about last week, we get stuck in. And we don't we don't research the traditions to see how is. did this even come about. So you got to research and read for yourself, boo. But Mr. Bowie, as we transition into our first official segment of the show, mm-hmm. um, I know God is real because. So in this segment, we'd mm-hmm. like you to share a, a situation or a testimony, um, mm-hmm. anything that you've gone through your life where it was nothing but God showing up in your life. So please share. I know you're you about to uh, go into a new segment, but to I just want to finish up what you just said yeah. and the fact that, you know, we really didn't celebrate Juneteenth growing up. I just want to say that does not take away from your blackness. That doesn't mean that you're not part of the movement just because you don't know. But there is a factor where you do have to do your part and do your research to know moving forward. That's our problem. We can't just sit in ignorance and think it's okay. It's like you need to know why things happen when they happen so that you can transition to the future. So I just want to put that out there. But um, as far as um, somebody calling, hey, hotline, it's popping. Hey, man, it's going down. (laughs) They they trying to get it. What did she say? Can you have on the line? Can she repeat what she said? I learned something. (laughs) We got to call in, y'all. So um, basically, a testimony as far as um, is God real? (laughs) I mean, the fact that I'm here right now and I'm talking right now on this podcast. As evident as God is real. But for me, um, this this season that I'm going through, and my wife can attest to this, what I'm going through personally 
as in spiritual growth. Um, we all know what has happened in the last year and a half or so dealing with COVID and how it's actually put people in a state of being still. Mm-hmm. Uh, a reset button for some had to get back to the basics of things. Um, and for me, um, we, we sometimes put emphasis into our careers and dollars and money and we lose sight. I know for me, it was more or less, um, I had a very, very good job that paid me very well mm-hmm. and took care of my family. And, um, last year presented an opportunity for me to leave. Um, and the way this, uh, situation came, it was nothing but God. And, um, and prior to this offer coming, I had been praying to God. I've been asking him as far as what I need to do, what moves I need to make mm-hmm. to position myself um, for my family, myself spiritually, because I knew there was something else. We get trapped into the mundane life of our job, and then we we, under, we don't understand why we're unhappy, why things aren't working, why we're not progressing. It's probably because you need to make a change. Right. There has to be a move to be made but we're so comfortable because of the money we're making or the status that we're making or people in the circles we're in and that um, we have to move. And God opened up a door. He said, move. And I moved, not knowing what was on the other side of that door. And it was during the midst of a pandemic. People are losing jobs. There's not jobs out there. I have a good job. God is saying, get out. Let's go. I moved out. And now I'm in the world of in the middle of a pandemic, stuff is at a standstill. Money's funny. Now, don't get me wrong. I had, you know, I, I left with some things. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't in a dire situation, but it was just moving forward. I'm still young. I'm not in a point of actual retirement, but um, it was just, what do I need to do, God? And I've had my times where I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I was kind of like, just a state of like, I don't know what was going on. Right. The world is just upside down on its axis, tilted. It's just like, you don't know what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And so you have at this point, and I feel like God has put this country, this world in a state of uh, pause, uh, reset. Cause you don't know what's going on with COVID-19. No. Now I'm not taking away from what's going on with the vaccination and shout out to those who took it and have done that. Um, It gives you a state of normalcy, you know, to get back to normal, but COVID is still there. Mm -hmm. And for some, that's a scary thing. And it's going to cause them to move a certain way. And I don't want to be rambling on, but it's just like, for me, it just caused me to understand that this is all by design, by God. And it's causing people to, you know, for me to reflect on what we're doing, putting me in a new state of out of my comfort zone. I'm not in the position I was. And he's opening up new things that I never even thought that I would even right. venture to. Like being on a podcast, being part of a radio station, to be uh, uh, acting, um, doing things that I never thought I would do. But those doors are opening. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's God when it's like, it's easy. It flows. It flows. It there's flows. no disturbance. There's no, you know, and even if it's something that you didn't even, quote unquote, ask for, but it comes easily to you, that's God. And he's trying to shift you in a direction that you may not think that you wanted to go, but you need to go. Right. So.
<laughs> no, I mean, for me, recently, it's like he's opening up new jobs and new things that I didn't even know. Like, okay, just keep this well, short. Let me ask you this real quick. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. So, thank you for being transparent and sharing that. Now, I know that I want to pivot just a little bit. Okay. Because I know that there are so many women who are, you know, they're open about their faith or open about their experiences with the Holy Spirit and things like that. Okay. So as a man, mm -hmm. you know, um, have you ever experienced Yes, and you saw it. And you saw it. And it actually um, shocked me. It was home. Well, preface that with when you would see, when you would see me or you would see other people, mm -hmm. you know, just be overcome by the presence of God. It's like, what were your thoughts then? And after your experience, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts now? So, you know, there's going to be certain people in the church that feel like it's show. That's not actually how Christians should conduct themselves or people of faith should conduct themselves. They don't believe in the spirit. Well, what do you mean by show? Like what? I know for a fact there's people that look at that. And when people... Uh, I'm about to... Okay. When people, when they are moved in the spirit, it causes you to, <laughs> takes you to a place where you're in intimate time with God. And you don't know what the outer is looking like. You're more or less focused on the relationship and what you're seeing, what you're going through. It's like almost like an outer body experience. The spirit is not, is with God. And he's divulging and showing you something that he wants for you and only you to know. On the outside, when we're looking at the physical, ain't no telling what's going on there. A lot of times it's like you can't move. You're either passed out, you're on the ground, or you're in a state of just kind of like, it's almost like you're in this fog. Um, and it's kind of like you're in a state, like I said, your spirit is with God, but your body is here. So that's almost like a taste, like what the body would be like without the spirit. It's like you can't do anything without the spirit. Which means you can't do anything without God. The body is just lifeless. So you just stand there, you're locked in place, and it's just like I know for me, when I used to see, I was like, man, I would love to know what that's like because I never had, but you know, that comes from being intimate with God, asking him clear cut questions of what you want and being intentional on your relationship with God. Giving him that time. Right. So in, in, until you get to that point, you're not going to experience. I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to have that, that, that movement, that, that experience. So for others that are not there yet, it's going to look kind of cartoony and not real. And that is this really acting? Are they really going through? Is it scripted? I'm going to be honest with you. It looks scripted because it's just like we're praising and all of a sudden somebody just falls out and they're shaking or they're doing their thing, whatever they're doing. And you're like, what is this? This is not normal. Because you don't see that every day. No, I'm, I'm being honest. And there's a lot of people that's like that. But for me to actually go through it, let me tell you, it can happen to you too. It will happen. And, oh, it is. And don't think it, it won't, because it will. And it happened to me in my bedroom, on the side of my bed. And I was going through this whole spill with my job and where I'm going. And I was just asking God for clarity and just meditating. And that's the thing. I was in a deep meditation and I was just asking him for clarity, for help, for help. And he, it just like instant. I was in presence with God and my body, as my wife can say, was 
I was still, I couldn't move. It was just, an ex it's an experience that true believers, if you had it, you understand what it is. Um, but everybody needs to have that experience and it'll deepen your, your faith and your belief with, with God. Definitely. So I hope that answered the question, but it did. It did. And thank you so much for being transparent and sharing. Um, because I, and I was like you before, you know, I would laugh at you. I would laugh at my sister, laugh at mm. people at church. I'm like, don't take all that. I'm like, get up on the floor. It don't, don't take all that. It don't take all that. I really, I pray, I, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. But when it's like, as you said, when you give God time to move in your worship, to mm. move in your praise, to move in your prayers, he will. But it's like, in that moment, you didn't have a time limit on God. You, time mm -hmm. was irrelevant you know and that's what it is and that's what it is I think we're so that's the problem what's going on in the world right now is like everybody's busy you always got something to do and that's what I'm saying this pandemic and what we're going through has caused people to stand still they had to stay at home they couldn't work they couldn't do different things so it's like a pause so it's causing God like hey you need to slow down and reflect on what's going on right. I'm trying to shift certain people from where they are to where they need to be right. and so yeah, we're too busy. Cell phones, social media, TV, all this stuff. It's like we always on the go. We want instant gratification. Right. And, you know, God does not work like that. He doesn't. He doesn't. So you're right. When we when we give God time, freedom in our lives, mm -hmm. he moves. That's oh, when yeah. our gifts are increased. That's when you can really feel the Holy Spirit. And I... I feel so legit. I feel so bad for anyone who is a believer and you've never felt the presence of God. You've never oh felt, God. you know, you've never experienced the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You've never seen the gifts of the Spirit in action or, or activated in you. Mm -hmm. And I, oh my gosh, I encourage you guys. It's like the Bible does not, the Bible is not only scripture. No. It is the living word of God. Amen. It's like Yeshua said he was leaving, but he was sending. He said, I'm leaving, mm -hmm. but I'm going to send. And so many of us forsake the Holy Spirit. In which mm -hmm. Jesus said, I'm going to go back where I where I can where I need to be, which is with the Father. Mm -hmm. But we're going we're going to send the Holy Spirit back to earth where the Holy yeah. Spirit was in the beginning. I'm not going to start preaching, but oh, it's just it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, and, and don't 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 be afraid of. I think a lot of people are afraid of, of the that. Holy Ghost, of yeah, the they, they 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 see others and they're like, man, that might be painful, or I don't know. And it's some of the. I'm telling you, it, <laughs> it's the best high. It is the I've best. It is. It does feel like you're coming off a high. I don't know if everybody, most people, I don't know if you're drinkers or smokers, but I'm just like, it feels like you're actually on cloud nine. Like when you get when you. I guess snap back into reality into where you are you are in this state of like you're, yes like, you're emotional you're going to be emotional because you were just in a place a, a presence with god and it's you have no choice but to be emotional because it was just like it you have a sense of peace a calmness a stillness um satisfaction it's so many descriptive words i can use but i'm just saying it's it's amazing. And I feel like, like you said, everybody at some point will, true believers, real believers, 
people who are open to it open you have that's the thing you have to be open because you, you know you have people that say oh i believe in god and i pray and all this but they're not open to right. receiving the holy spirit that is true so you have to be open and once you do i'm telling you it will change your life forever one thing that you said when you came out mm -hmm. and with it being father's day mm -hmm. you mentioned the father aspect yeah. you mentioned mm -hmm. how safe mm -hmm. and comforted you felt, mm -hmm. how protected you felt in his presence. So Yeah. So I was actually in 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 my experience, I was in the presence of God. I knew it was him. I couldn't see his face. I felt his body and he actually embraced me. Cause at this particular point, um uh, and you know, I know this might strike a chord with some people, but we have issues with our earthly father. And so, you know, I always questioned certain things that was going on in my life. But the older I got, and especially after this experience, I had the best father ever. And he's with me the entire time. Whether my earthly father was not there or he had he was too busy or he was doing something else, I still had my true father who was with me. He's the one that kept me safe. He's the one that met my needs. He was there for me. And through this experience, he just solidified that position and said, I've always been here. You, you just never understood what I was doing and the positioning in your life. But I've always been there. Even in the dark, I was standing in the corner. When you were in class, I was standing there. When you were in the car, I'm sitting next to you. You know, when you're going through stuff, I'm there with you. I've never left you. Regardless of what your earthly father did. And he did, he he came in for it, so he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. But I've been there, you know. And until we understand that and have that relationship, you know, we're always going to be at odds with who we are. Yeah. So um, we're always going to fight. We're always going to be unhappy. We're going to be um, in a state of just walking around like we don't know what's going on with ourselves. And it's like you, you have to identify yourself with God and understand what he wants to understand who you are. Right. So, That's good. That's yeah. I like how you mentioned, you know, some of us, so many of us have father issues. Because, you know, with me, <laughs> with my father being killed when I was 17, there was so much uncertainty. There was so much, um, you know, I was mad. I was angry. I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Because mm -hmm. um, my mom was there, of course. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Sister Linda. Uh, my mom was there, but she was, my mom served a different, moms serve a different role in your lives than fathers do. I just saw another conversation. It's like my father <laughs> validated me. Right. My father let me know how beautiful I was. Mm -hmm. He, with his encouragement, I knew that I could do anything. But when he was taken or sent back, mm -hmm. I, it was like, literally, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I felt envious of Regina because she had more time here with my dad mm, I see. she got to you know pull more wisdom from him because mm -hmm. you know being 17 there's only so many things it's like i'm at the point of transitioning into adulthood of womanhood right you know i was a teenage mom already and it was just like i had so many questions mm -hmm. and after my grieving you know i really turned away from god because mm. i was mad Mm -hmm. I was so mad. But looking back, you know, 20 years, mm -hmm. um, like you said, he's been here the whole time, mm -hmm. you know, and 
he's the best father that I could ever ask for, you know, without flaws and, and, and all of those things. And it's just amazing how he orchestrates so many things and in order to bring us to where we are today. So shout out to all the fathers, shout out to the ultimate yep. father, to Abba father. For sure. You know? um, I think we got to get ready to go to break. Um, so we'll be right back. Oh, God. Mm. Life is better when you are living on purpose, but many times we get stuck in the rat race and in the mundane task of our day-to-day lives, causing most to lose sight of their purpose. That's why certified life coach, inner healer, and business strategist LaFlower Bowie is here to help you get calibrated to your calling through proven systems, techniques, and resources. Order a copy of her book, Principles to Reposition, to assist you with your journey or schedule a free clarity session to kickstart the journey. After these sessions, clients have stated they found clarity and opened their eyes to things they had long forgotten. So get social and follow LaFlower on all social media platforms at LaFlower Bowie. And don't forget to mention Stunner Radio sent you. My black card, because yeah, I don't know. It will take away. And that's okay. Card. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. There is. Welcome back, guys, to oh. another episode of Uncommon Days. Oh, We've been chatting with our producer, y'all. So she, she I made you, she going to have to just come on in the conversation. <laughs> um, because you guys don't know, I feel God is just so real. Yes, he is. He is so real. And I don't know how people can walk around and not think he's real. The fact that you woke up. Well, because of hurt. No, no, I'm just saying in general. I just it's it's mind blowing to me. We let life get in the way Mm -hmm. of our relationship. Just I um I was riding the car a couple um I think it was like last month or so, and it fell into my spirit. Is like God was like, why do people charge me with the sins of man? Why do I get charged with the sins of man? What you mean by that? I mean by just for instance, like I said, I turned away from the church mm, mm-hmm. because I was hurt because at a time when I was taken advantage of and things like that, everyone looked at the byproduct. They looked at me being a teenage mom, not mm-hmm. the fact that this girl is, you know, her confidence is gone. Mm-hmm. She feels dirty. She feels like, uh, I forgot her name, but the scarlet letter on her, you know, mm-hmm. she feels ruined, mm-hmm. you know, because of the situation that happened. And so it will cause you to be like, God, you allowed this stuff to happen. So do you really love me? Hmm. Are you really? And then when my father was killed, I was like, you know what? <laughs> right. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm so done. I'm done with you. Hmm. And it's like me in my in my infant stage of my of my spiritual walk, I didn't know you know, you hear this, the scriptures, you know, cast all your care. You hear all those things, but when you got to live that thing out, right. it's a whole nother ball game. It's a whole nother ball game. Than when, when we're talking about, you know, cliche scriptures and, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, but you at home, depressed, mm-hmm. drinking, drugging, mm-hmm. sex, and, you know, you're doing all these things, but in front of people, you blessed and highly. It's, it's, it's like, I think that we have to we got to clear all the smoke and mirrors when it comes to this kingdom stuff, you know? Okay. It's like, we can't be fake no more. Right. Because people's lives are at, people, no, people's souls are at stake. Hmm. 
And I think that's why I'm so transparent with the stuff I've done, the things I've been through. Mm-hmm. It's like, God didn't, I'm not that person that I used to be. So you can't, so if you judge me, just like the young lady who you said, she said, she don't like me because I'm your second wife and how we got together. She's like, oh, I don't like your second wife. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You can, you can charge me with the sins of that, of who I used to be, mm-hmm. but it doesn't faze me. Because I have freedom in God, because I know that I'm forgiven. He without sin cast the first stone. It's amazing how people can uh, judge somebody else, but it's like we all didn't feel short. We didn't all make mistakes, and we all done stuff that's kind of God is looking like. Mm, I, that's not what I asked you to do, right. you know. Um, but you brought up a um, something earlier. You said there's levels to this. And I think people, they get to level one and they stop. And they think that's enough to get me into heaven. And I think that's what it is. People's like, because I'm nice, I'm kind, I treat people good. I gave the homeless guy on the corner a dollar. I tied something. (laughs) Um, I helped these people. I helped this person. Mm -hmm. I know I didn't punch my ticket into heaven. But scripture tells us good deeds won't get you in the door. Exactly. It's like the only way you know, to the fathers, through the son. Mm-hmm. And once you accept the son and once you go through baptism, but what about those that the, have, that gets you through the, you know, door, they have, they've been baptized. You know, those people that have been in the church, I've been baptized. I, did, I do good deeds and all that kind of stuff. But like we talked about, it's the intimacy yeah. with God. Right. That's what I say. It's going to get them in the gates. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of us don't know, there are levels. What them levels is, what them levels. There are, there are so many levels and that's mm-hmm. why we got to read. That's why we gotta know God, right. and that's why we gotta. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be ratchet real quick, and I'm gonna uh, pass the mic to our producer real oh, quick. Oh wow! You gonna put her on the spot? And she, because um, I know you know, and getting to know our producer so much more. It's like she is she's a, an amazing vessel who has um, you know so many experiences, and you know she's 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 just she's phenomenal. So I know she got something to say about this. Some of the stuff we've been talking to. Talking I about have a building. whole lot to say. <laughs> I have a whole lot to say. Y'all not going to be able to see me, but I'm here. I hope y'all can hear me, but I have a whole lot to say. Hmm. Yep, y'all can hear me. So anyway, this is what I want to say about you guys. I love what you said about uh, uh, the Holy Spirit and people being scared. I'm mm-hmm. just move forward. Yeah, come on. Come on and people. I think that... For me growing up in Kojic, I don't know what y'all know about Kojic. Kojic is as churchy as it gets. If you don't know, it's saying for Church of God in Christ. And we was at church every day, every day. But what I noticed as a kid is that I already knew about God before I went to church. And I used to say to people, I don't think that's what God is about. And I felt out of place. But listening to your show made me realize that you know, um, religion and spirituality is two different things. You're born with spirituality. Some of us are. I knew who God was when I was a kid. I knew about God. I didn't need anybody to teach me. So when I would hear some things like um, I had a pastor tell me once, you know, I'm never going to make it to heaven with them red nails. And I was thinking, huh? I know that. I know that one. God don't care about my red nails. He don't care about my red hair, purple hair, whatever I do. He don't care about that kind of thing. 
And um, I just really love that you talk about the spirit because some people also believe that only certain people can have a Holy Ghost experience or a mm. spiritual experience mm. because they do judge you by the way you look or the lifestyle that they perceive you to have. Mm. But you really that you at home. <laughs> they think you out in these streets because they've seen a few Instagram posts. Amen. But they don't even much know you be at the crib right. and sometimes in your prayer closet. And that's the thing, because you don't broadcast or you may not go to church every Sunday. That doesn't mean you don't you're not open to a spiritual experience. So I love what you said about knowing God is real, because I know God is real because I prayed before I was even able to speak. A lot of people know my story about the fact that my mother had very bad postpartum depression. And we were starved as babies. Like two of my brothers did not make it. And I was so malnourished that I almost starved to death. The postpartum depression was so bad that we were left alone for long periods of time. I remember praying as a baby. And a lot of people think I'm crazy. They think I'm lying. They think I'm making it up. I don't care because I know I remember it. Mm -hmm. I remember saying, I just want to make it. I just want to make it. I have memories of that. Uh -huh. So that cannot be taught. That is something that is with you. And I feel that unfortunately religion gets in the way of our true spiritual calling. Yes, it does. Because it will teach you that if you don't speak this way, if you don't look this way, if you don't walk this way, if you don't dress this way, you can't possibly have a spiritual relationship. You can't possibly know God. Right. But I know God is real because my two brothers didn't make it, but I did. Hmm. I made it. I survived being starved. I survived being malnourished. And then I survived years and years of child abuse um, because of the postpartum depression, because of the severe bipolar depression that my mother experienced. So I remember even as a child praying for her. Hmm. I remember as a young girl and nobody, I, I never told people this. I've never told people this. And everybody know I tell all my business. I'm open book, okay? <laughs> I let you know everything I'm going through and doing and everything. But I never expressed this, but I felt comfortable because of something that Marcus said. I remember speaking in tongues all alone. And I was freaked out. I was freaked out. Out, mm. I thought I was losing my mind. I said, "Am I bipolar also? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going what is on?" It? But there was such a sense of peace over me. I felt powerful in a sense. Mm. I felt like I could overcome whatever I was going through. I felt answers. Answers just came to me. I knew what to do. Mm. I was very young, wow. and nobody talked to me about it because I didn't talk to anybody about it. But I saw answers in church. I would just listen real closely. Nobody really got into the details of that. Nobody really told us, why does this happen to me? Um, is there a purpose behind it? Or we just do this when we all come together? I mean, what is this mm -hmm. about? But I know what happened to me when I was all alone. Yeah. I didn't have nobody put, putting hands on me. I didn't have nobody praying over me. It just happened. And it was a time when I was really crying out to God, asking, if you are real, you have to show me. Because what my life is showing me, it, I'm not sure that you're really real mm -hmm. at this point. And I had that experience. And I was just like, wow. Exactly. Wow. That's so beautiful. Thanks for sharing, Lisa. It's like, again, if we give if we give God permission to move, if we that's that fully surrendered yes. 
It's like we we say we give like God, you got my yes. We sing that that song by Shekinah Glory. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you can have it all. But mm-hmm. it's like a condition, yes. It's like sometimes we got to be at our rock bottom, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a shame that we got to be at our rock bottom to give God that full surrender, yes. But the beauty that we see there, the gifts that are activated there and manifested there, it's it's amazing, and we can't be afraid of it. Because on the other side of that is so much beauty and growth. I think church people are afraid of it because they feel it's akin to witchcraft or something. I think they're afraid to talk about it. I know I have been told I was a witch in in the past by church people because I knew certain things I wasn't supposed to know. Mm -hmm. I heard conversations that people had. I would be in my sleep hearing conversations. I know their voice and I know who and what they're talking about. And so I would say something that, oh, you working in witchcraft. How? I don't know no spells. If I did, trust me, I would be rich. Okay, that's the only spell I would be casting right now. But we should—we already know that everything that comes from the enemy is counterfeit. So everything that he that he does, it was kingdom first. Prophetic was kingdom first, and then it was counterfeited. And people, you have to go through spells and and do all these things that God just drops into your spirit naturally, right? That's how you know it's counterfeit. But I've been called a witch. I mean, like you know, all types of things. Even when I was a teenager, like something wrong with flowers, yeah, like, something's yeah. not right. But it's because of you know, uh, it's just it's amazing. Like I was, I, I joke with Marcus, and I was like, you know, um, I had like a. I used to joke and I said I had an alien experience when I was probably like seven or eight years old in my grandfather's, uh, my grandmother's yard. Literally, I was elevated off of the ground. Wow. And, you know, and that's how I would share. That's how I shared the experience. But all alone, I knew it was God. Mm-hmm. I knew it was God because I was worshiping mm-hmm. that young. Not how we worship in my grandfather's old Baptist church, mm-hmm. you know. But I was just worshiping. Just acknowledging his presence. Yes. Acknowledging. It was so yeah. Beautiful. It yeah. was bright. It was golden. And as my hands were raised up, guys, I just I was elevated off of the ground. And but I knew that if because the wow. the talk we didn't talk like that. We didn't talk about that. I said, you know, guys, I think I was, you know, I had alien experience. <laughs> and they joked about it and stuff like that. <laughs> like, oh Flower, you crazy. <laughs> But it was my way of sharing with my mom and my family that something had happened. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know I, I didn't know the language to right. use right. with them because I didn't hear that language talk. Did you feel crazy? Or did you feel like you were imagining it? Of did you have a question? I knew it was real. Okay. I knew that it was God. I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt. But it scared me a little bit because not scared as a friend of a sense of frightened, but I knew that there was a different type of calling on my I knew that okay, I'm set apart. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. I know that I'm set apart. And I think that instance prepared me to be set apart in different arenas and in school and to be okay with being different. Right. That's a hard thing. It's very difficult. It's it's hard to to know that you won't be accepted sometimes, to know that you're gonna be you know, um, you know, the black sheep sometimes. But I think that instance prepared me because I was all by myself. Yeah. And so, again, when my dad died, I was like, all right, God, 
I'm not feeling you, so I'm gonna run away. But when I came back, I was like, it's just it's been me and you all along. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna share this real quick, and then I'm gonna go back to my seat. I have a friend that uh, most people know. He's out there on my bulletin board that was murdered in 2020. And we were very good friends and he was a pastor. And he had a difficult time accepting my gifts because he felt like I don't never see you go to church. You use choice words all the time, <laughs> you know, choice words. choice words. You know, you speak your mind. You're not always nice because the situation always calls for me to be nice. That's my, mm -hmm. that's my story. I'm sticking to it. But I told him, and I say this all the time because I really want to help somebody help churchy people. Mm -hmm. I said to him, and he was a pastor. I said, pastor Ken, your family is going to be the death of you. You have to disconnect. Stop doing the things you're doing. You have to disconnect. And I know that his family just don't like the fact that I tell this story all the time, but I don't care because I didn't know that it would literally be the death of him, but I felt it in my spirit that it needed to be a quick disconnection. Right. And the last time we had a conversation about it, it was very volatile and I was angry. And he and he said to me, I'm not like you. I'm a man of God and I got to do what God tell me. And I was so confused because I knew what I was feeling. Right. And I was like, OK, maybe I messed up. Maybe I'm not uh, where I think I am. Maybe I'm not hearing what I thought I, what I thought I heard. But yes, in January, I think it was January the 26th. It was two days after Kobe Bryant died on 2020. He was murdered by a family member, a family member, one of the people I was telling him about. And, you know, it hurt me so bad because mm -hmm. I was like, why didn't he listen to me? Why do I have to be super churchy for you to understand that if God tell me something, you know, you got to look at the message and not the messenger. But sometimes the message can save your life. And so that was just heartbreaking to me that that churchiness, it blocked him from being able to hear, actually hear from God, a message that is coming to you. But you don't necessarily agree with the packages coming in. You don't agree with the person that's coming through and you no longer hear. Mm, that's, that's, that's major because we don't, because so many people is like, we want to hear, we ask God to, you know, give us clarity and, you know, to lead us and guide us. But when he does that, you know, through different outlets, different messengers, we like, now nah, I'm going to ask him again. You, you couldn't have said that yeah. because it came from this person. Yeah. But God said he can use whoever he chooses to. There's been many stories in the Bible that he uses people that's not of the church. Uh, to manifest his vision and his purpose. And he was just using you. And that's the thing, I, I, and I know I'm going to piss some people off, but that's what's wrong with the church today. Why the world, why the U.S. is in the state it is as far as spirituality. The church has stifled people's gifts. Mm -hmm. They don't do a good job of recognizing people's talents. And I've always been, and I tell my wife, you have to look beyond the surface of what that person is going through. They always, the church is looking at what that person is going through right now, mm -hmm. not looking at the individual, where they came from and where they need to be. They always try to talk to them in present, like what they're going through. It's like, you have to recognize people's where they're at, where they've been and where they're going. Right. And, and recognize the gifts that God give, has given them because gift, gifts come without repentance. So your gifts are going to be there throughout your entire life. People They're are seer, people talk in tongues, people have a discernment. There's so many gifts out there and the church is not recognizing these gifts and they're stifling and they're calling people, oh, you're a warlock or you're a witch or you're not really of God, that God doesn't do that. 
So the church is a big reason why. And we've already talked about why I had to say the millennials, these, these, these younger people are not in church because of the judgment, because of the chastising. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. God doesn't do all that. Even when you have a Holy Ghost experience and you fall on it, that's not God. God doesn't do it. Ooh, how do you know? Mm-hmm. So I was in, that reminds me of the old Baptist church that I went to as a little kid. I remember going to Sunday school. I was, um, I can't remember if I was dressed up. Apparently I wasn't at this point, but uh, my grandparents had been going to this church for, it seems like a billion years. <laughs> that's all I knew. They, you know, they talked about this church. They worked at the church. They were, um, well known in the church especially my grandfather he worked behind the scenes to finance all this kind of stuff so my family was part of that church and we were always part of that church so my grandmother i was visiting at this time i was with my mother came to this church i was visiting at the time my grandmother let me go to sunday school the teacher there was an older black gentleman he looked at me and said um for you to be part of this church or to go here um, young men are supposed to have ties. You don't have a tie. Mm-hmm. And since you don't have a tie, you can't really fellowship here. Wow. So, wow. So it's kind of one of those things. Once again, that's religion. We're so caught up on how we look, right. how we're supposed to talk, how we're supposed to present ourselves. And God doesn't care about none of that. He cares about your heart, what you're speaking are you speaking life because you're not speaking life into people when you're saying you don't belong in a church you don't you use curse words you you do this or you look this certain way you don't have a dress you don't have a suit you 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 work where at the strip no 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 you can you're not welcome and that's the place where people are supposed to get healing mm-hmm. right. that's where those people of uh, people that are hurt and damaged are supposed to go and get refuge but yet they're shunned and kicked out yeah and we wonder why the church is in the state it is why numbers are doing only why people are going towards crystals and <laughs> yes. witchcraft and all these other things and we went why especially in our community because mm-hmm. you know for a long time growing up certain things were taboo to talk mm-hmm. about yeah like we don't talk about the devil six, six oh no 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 six, six we don't mess with that no but now there was um you know a couple of years ago we were where did we go i think we were um somewhere up north and um after we had gotten there it was just really strange in the city you know my spirit just felt totally uncomfortable and you know i'm like okay well let me dig into this and come to find out they had had um uh, a black witches conference really mm-hmm. wow and and so you're right there, there's a lot of us that are seeking like just like lisa said she knew you know she knew god before she knew tradition. Mm-hmm. Right. You know that connection. You yearn for that connection. Mm-hmm. That's you know, you're connection. different. You're set apart. Right. And so you have a lot of a lot of people. They want a deep thing like they know that it's more than this physical. Mm. And so that's how new age has blown up. Yeah. Because people are seeking. Mm-hmm. They're seeking. Mm-hmm. But but I think they can feel it. And, and the church don't give you the depth that you that you. It's kind of like being hungry and somebody give you a cracker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, You're like there has to be more. Yeah, there has to be more. And then you get into, like we talked about, that counterfeit that will have you going into those different dimensions, have you encountering spirits and, and, and demonic things, and, and then mm. you get getting stuff attached to you. And then you're like, 
oh, let me, okay, well, let me go back. Let me go pray back to God real quick mm-hmm. because this is scary. And so, and then they realize I can have God without the tradition. And let me get, let me just say this before y'all come for us in the comments. We're not saying that every, every fellowship place is like this. We're no. not saying that there's no good pastors out not there and things like that. All I'm saying is that for us as believers, we have to get rid of the, the hierarchy and the pyramid the pyramid structure that we have put into place when it comes to, to the church. Okay. God, we have a fivefold ministry for a reason. Hmm. That's why you have so many pastors that are leaving the ministry that are stepping down because so much weight is being put on the pastor. That weight was never meant. The hmm. pastor was never meant to be the end all be all of the congregation. That's and We got to stop denying the fivefold ministry. Some were apostles. Some were prophets, right? Mm-hmm. Some were pastors, some were evangelists, right? Some were teachers. We have to get back to that because that's what God talks about the body. We all play a part. Mm-hmm. And it's a lifestyle too, not just for church. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I realized that whatever gifts God given me, it's not for the church no, structure. It's for the people, wherever I may be, it's for whatever people I may encounter. Your life is your ministry. Yeah. It's like all of us are our ministry. Mm -hmm. Your life Mm -hmm. is your ministry, whether you're in the Mm -hmm. boardroom, in the, you know, at Stunt Radio, wherever you are, if you are an entertainer, whatever your gifting is, you just use that gifting to glorify your ministry and to touch people in the way that God has gifted you to touch. Everybody's not going to be in the pulpit. Everybody's not meant to be in a pulpit. No. And that's the thing. You don't need to be in a pulpit to have a ministry or to help and save lives. Also, too, we're supposed to do on the daily regardless, right? Right. right. And for the, (laughs) I'm not trying to be funny, but like, we have more experiences outside the church than we do inside. So it's like your gifts are for other people that aren't part of the church. That's what it's there for. The ones in in the church are supposed to understand and understand and recognize your gifts already, which they really don't. But I'm saying the church already recognized it's for the others that don't those testimonies, those visions, those things that you see, like, hey, I have a sense of discernment, like this person you're with is not for you. I'm seeing death and carnage for you. If you continue this, it's not going to end well. So those are things that we're supposed to help others in their journey. You know what I'm saying? Right. But um, dang, I just lost my thought. But um well, I can say why you finding your thought. That's what you guys are doing. That's why I love this show. And I encourage people to, to watch Uncommon Faith because mm-hmm. when you think of shows that are talking about God and faith and, and all that, you really don't talk about these type of things. But these are the issues that people have. Right. You know, people are so um, ignorant in terms of spirituality and spiritual experiences so mm-hmm. that you're right. They will listen to what anybody say. Get these crystals. Oh, okay, I'm going to get this. Get this holy water. Get this blessed water. Get this. Get this. Mm-hmm. And they'll just gravitate to anything. That's why I think it's so important what you guys are doing on this show because it helps people to understand that you could be a normal, everyday person. You don't got to look all uptight. You ain't got to be looking all mean. You can be happy. You can have a happy marriage. Right. You can be, you can look good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. These kind of things happen and you can still be spiritual. You still be effective. Yeah. You know, that's important, that's so important. because that's it so makes freedom. the world look so attractive when you don't see happiness or fulfillment in people who are supposed to be connected with God. Yeah. You know, you're so right. You're so right. 
because I also have an issue. And once again, don't come for us when I say this. It's nothing wrong with the mega churches, but your pastor is supposed to be accessible. You shouldn't go through chains of command to reach your pastor. Sometimes I feel like there are certain ministries and organizations that the pastor, you got to set appointments. You got to set dates. You got to set time. It's like a demigod. I, mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm not talking about every pastor that way. So don't say, oh, my bad. Like, I'm not talking about every pastor. But your pastor should know his congregation. He right. should know his people mm-hmm. because he's leading those people. And you should know him intimately as well. Um, I never forget the story when uh, at our last church we were at. It was during that time where there was a story. And I might mess the story up, but the whole gist was there was a young man. He was troubled. He was going through some mental stuff at this time. He went to this church to ask for help. Uh, I think it was him and his mother. He stayed with his mother. And his mother, I think, was having problems. He suffered from mental illness or something, mm. kind of uncontrollable, lashes out, was kind of getting to the point of physically being violent towards mm. her. Um, I think she was reaching out for help. Um yeah, she's asking for help for her son. Right. And he actually went, and I think she suggested that he goes to this church. I don't know the name of the church. I want to put the na- name of the church out there anyway. But anyways, but he came to the church asking for help. The place where we're supposed to get help, right? They tried to tell him that he had to set an appointment, that wow. he needed to come back, that they were busy, and that, you know, he needed to schedule time. Make a long story short, they turned him away. He ended up going home, having one of his fits. He ended up killing his mother. Oh, my God. So that is a yeah, that is a case of what I was talking about. And it hit home with me. And I'm like, what are we doing in the church? We turned this young man who came here, who had mental problems, who seek help, was in tears, was physically going through stuff, mentally going through stuff. And the church said, we don't have time set an appointment. This is the problem with the world today with the church, the state we're in. We have kids, grown adults having issues. They come to church for help. We shun them for whatever reason. Mm. Or we can't understand why they're going through this or what they're going to do. I mean, we're supposed to help them through this process. Oh, we tell them that, oh, you can pray it away. Everything you can't. It's like, you guys know I'm a firm believer. Y'all going to hashtag Jesus in therapy. It's like we need Jesus and therapy sometimes. Yes. So this young man, we could have prayed for this young man and we could, you know, I think that there should be a mental health ministry. Hmm. All the ministries we got out there, hmm. there needs to be a mental health ministry, you know, with resources and um, people who are certified to work with, you know, people who are going through, mm-hmm. um, you know, mental issues and things because it's real. And it's our real. community is being impacted so much. Um, because we shun it, because we don't talk about it, no. because we don't even even just having a therapist. I think everybody should have a therapist. Somebody to just talk to who is non-biased, who's not your family, not your friends, right. and they don't know your history. Mm-hmm. So they can hear you out for what you're going through at that time. But yeah. I think we got to Get ready. Are we going I done got lost. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, we are going over. So let me get back to my lane. <laughs> so um, we were going to do a brother check today, but I know we got to get ready to um, to wrap it up. But really quick with the brother check, um, Mr. Marcus. So I'll keep it short. Well, we're just going to transition with the brother check. So what would you do if you had a brother that came to you or, you know, you had a brother that really expressed that, man, 
all of that spiritual stuff, all of that God stuff, you know, that's just a crutch. That's just a crutch for you to make it through this life. So what advice or what would you tell that brother who was like, I tried that. It ain't what it is. I've been hurt. Y'all, y'all tripping. Wow. That, that, that's a very good question. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. It is a crutch for me. I need, you have to believe in something to get through this world. You can't walk through and say, I don't believe in nothing. That's I, now that to me is a farce. You got to believe in something and why not believe in the ultimate to get you through? Because he is the beginning the, in the end. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the reason why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just for us to line up with him to understand who we are. The problem is you don't know who you are. You're trying to find yourself. And I think when you look before, I don't know where you went. But obviously, there was a disconnect. I don't know if it was with the organization, the people you were with, or whatever. But he's there. He's seeking you. He's not going to run from you. You're running from him. So you just need to ask. And, and honestly, it's just you and him should have intimate time. And I was like, I would help him. I would pray with him. I can show him. And sometimes we can be an example of and just spending time. And like I said, um, and that like a, with the story with the young man with his mother, it's just like, just don't shun people. Talk to them. Find out what's going on. You may not be the person to help, but you can lead them in the direction where they need to go. Don't just turn to somebody and say, no, I can't help you. No, no, not, uh, I'm not. No, you need to help people. And helping people is finding the right person. If you're not, have enough grace and say, I'm going to send you in this direction. But um, not all is lost. You can still be found. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. God is waiting. And it's just for you to line up with him. And I'm telling you, once you do, you won't go back. All right, Mr. Bowie, that's, that's a great way to wrap up this week's episode of Uncommon Faith. Thank you to Mr. Marcus Bowie and, of course, our producer, general, general manager, the amazing Lisa Denae, guys, and our mm-hmm. Uncommon Faith community. Mm-hmm. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Grace and peace to everybody. Until next time. Bye.